From WABYZ Chicago, it's This Imperium Life, distributed by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. I'm Ira Glass, and the theme of today's show is Twilight Imperium. What is it, exactly? Today, we'll find out. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. I was playing as the Embers of Muat, and I was doing great. The Nalu Collective was rushing for a victory. They were on Mechatol, had several points, and the speaker token to secure themselves Imperial. Meanwhile, I was in a pickle. I had a stage two and a secret in the bag, but I was at six points, just barely shy of the win. I had been feeling confident that no one knew I had enough trade goods for the stage two objective, But there was nothing I could do to win this round. I resigned myself to getting to nine, but without the perfect secret objective, the next round, there was no way I could beat the Nalu, unless I dealt with them. I bargained with the Isarl to purchase his promissory note, Spy Network, so I could take from him a flank speed. With this flank speed, I could get my war son and a small fleet to the Nalu Production Center to destroy their fleet and flagship, and then be in a position to seize their home. I stalled out the table then began my move. First to take a cultural planet to prevent their secret and clear the way for the feature presentation. Unfortunately, unless the combat went really well for me, I wouldn't be able to score a secret objective here. I wasn't too concerned, though, as I wasn't going to win here anyway. Until the Nalu offered me their support for this throne. In one transaction, I could win the game. The table was stalled out. I could use my war sun to guarantee my secret, and the game would be over. No one could stop me. My first win as the Embers was secured, but I had made a deal with the Isarl to attack the Nalu. The Isarl reminded me of my pledge, the non-binding assurance that I would attack the Nalu collective. I knew that even winning the game wasn't worth breaking my word, so I rested easy on my decision as I struck at the Nalu. Their ships folded as I attacked them twice, though my war sons suffered on the final battle. I won but failed to score my secret. With that, my win became a loss. Though I do regret some moves I made in that game, I do not regret my decision to honor my deal. That was from Chills on Hills Jensen, and I regret his decision to not honor his deal. Uh, you know I what? I regret it deeply. Yeah, so uh, this is <laughs> welcome to this Imperium Life. Yeah. We're doing our fourth uh, our fourth. We haven't done it in a long time, actually. It so it's, long. it's been too long. Um, and we actually said way back when that it was going to be themed about uh, salty stories, I yeah. think is what we said. Yes. Uh, there's some salt in here, but it's not all salt. Uh, obviously, it's not all salty because we kind of well, open with this anti-salt We had to get story. your palate cleansed, right? Yes. That's what we're doing here today. Today, we had to start you, and, and you can't just start with salt. That's too much That's too much of a kick. You right. need like an appetizer that's a little bit more you know sweet i mean i'm 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 a chocolate and nuts kind of guy you know what i mean i like them together um uh one thing i want to say about this story though uh jensen uh who i miss actually being on the discord not that i ever talked to him very much one-on-one or really at all but but he was uh such a such a i'm I'm glad we're starting with him anyways today um it's interesting because i feel like 
I am a very honorable player of Twilight Imperium, right. and and Matt, you are a trash Not. a trash goblin. Somebody who you would eat garbage to win. You would you would. Yeah, if somebody was like, hey, I'll let you win Twilight Imperium if you eat this garbage on live TV in front of everybody, in mm-hmm. front of the nation, Yeah, you would. I am a, a lot more honorable, but I still am not as, I guess, honorable as this guy, <laughs> Jensen. <laughs> like, I would, there's no way... I would be like, oh, well, sorry, too, bud. I feel like we've seen plenty of stories from Jensen where he's definitely not acted honorably. So I don't know where this sudden honor is coming from. Well, maybe he's the- a decently honorable dude, but he's done some cheeky, underhanded stuff. Ah, uh, but maybe if we examined Jensen's like story, his uh, saga as a player, maybe sure. we could kind of see him turn <laughs> from from the salt side. You know, there's yeah. still sweet in him, right? right? <laughs> and. This is it. This is the he's he's he uh, at some point, I guess he uh, he turned to being a, a very, a very sweet boy. Um, he chills on hills now. Right. I mean, he, he, used to, he used he to he used to die to on. on yeah. Right. He used to die <laughs> on hills, uh, but now he chills on hills. Uh, that that's a little in jokey. So I don't know. Some people are going to be like, I don't even know who this is. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah. Um, his name used to be Dies on Hills Jensen because I guess he used to argue about stuff, which everything. is like Just every everything. single person that listens well, sure, to this show. He was the he was the biggest and the and the main, most prominent early on, and I said he would die on just about any hill. And so mm-hmm. he just, he, yeah, uh, but let's move on to the next story. Okay. Snara let go of her father's hand as she approached the imposing statue of Counselor Grumman and ran toward it with a look of wonder in her face. Is that you, Daddy? His mind snapped to the present as his child broke free, his eyes scanning the environment quickly for possible threats. Gangs in these parts can earn a sizable sum in the ransom of a diplomat's child. How many times, Snara, don't wander free in public? This is the capital! The child gazed, open mouth at the bronze monument before her. Why are you a statue? It's daddy's job. I signed an accord with the Tsar and the Muat. People seem to think it matters. You've got a statue for signing your name? The counselor began growing increasingly aware that people nearby were recognizing him. Come along, Snara. We we don't want to be late for your mother. She grabbed his large, soft hands as they began walking away. But why? she asked. Well, the Tsar pledged their allegiance to us in the Galactic Senate, and the Muat promised to never again bring their war sons to our borders. And this has allowed us to prosecute our war with the extra unchallenged and brought us close to control of the galaxy. The little girl frowned, the finer points of galactic politics lost on her youthful mind. But didn't you say that you had so few votes it was pointless to even go to the council, like three or something? Saddened that his child had been listening to his cynicism, he confessed, Yes, I did. Mummy's probably waiting for us now. Stay close, Snara. Snara wanted to learn, and she didn't yet understand and wasn't prepared to let the topic drop. So what did you have to vote for? The counselor's mind drifted back to the time he first had to report the news to Erwan's hand and the exasperation on the mighty leader's face as he told him the news. You know, I I had just returned from 
the bathroom. Um, <clears throat> he paused as if to try and remember one last time. I, I, I came back in and I, I just, gen I have no idea. I don't know. I do not know what I voted for. All right. That was from Becky Rose. Uh, this I love these I love these very long roundabout ways to tell very simple stories where it's like I, this is it's it was such a good moment but if I tried to tell it as a story it would be like three sentences long so right. how do I just expand it I think it's interesting that this is such a common occurrence in Twilight Imperium culture that people um, take things that happen in the game and they turn them into prose. Uh -huh. um, so what what is the, what is the story actually talking about, Matt? If anybody is confused as to <laughs> what, confused. well, it is clearly there was a some agenda phase happened, and you know, so and so said, "I have three votes. You guys deal with your agenda. I'll come back later." They, yeah, they went they, to the bathroom. They're they like, "This is a bathroom. good bathroom break for me." And when they when they come back from out from the bathroom chaos has ensued and everything is down to their vote and they must be the deciding factor and here's lots of money and here's lots of support for the thrones and no but i want it this way and your three votes are the most important thing in the world and the agenda has ceased to exist it is now about this other side pot right, that right. everyone is worried about right uh, and those are the best agendas honestly like when it's when it's just like research team warfare or whatever, like one of yeah. those planet ones yeah. that nobody ever cares about, but then for some reason everybody cares about. Usually, because like a writer is in play, right? Like one one imperial writer drops, and it's like, oh, guys, the agenda changed. Everyone, hey, new agenda. It's a, someone's gonna get a point or not. I always think it's very funny when uh, something kind of minor comes up, and ev like basically every agenda or every writer comes out essentially, yeah. and yeah. it becomes a whole new agenda phase completely. Um, I also really, uh, I really like this idea of thinking about like really minor things that you would do in Twilight Imperium that would like actually in the yeah. fiction of the world, like the people involved with this would like get like a statue of them, right. you know, <laughs> over just like your dumb Linux. Well, that, that goes too to the stuff we were talking about with action cards and things where it's like, what is the fiction of some of these action cards? Like, especially when people are trying to use them in a weird cheeky way where it's right. like, I'm going to make an example of their world, but I want it to be my own world. So I'm going to make an example yeah, of my like, civilization of the... people. And then they're, <laughs> that's going to earn me the support of everyone. Right. Yes, that's right. Mass genocide. Hooray. <laughs> like, <laughs> the I almost breaks down. I almost wish that there was, because that's, Something that people, I feel like people have brought up several times, especially lately, um, those kind of weird situations where people want uh, to like to like hurt themselves to score points. Yeah, I almost wish there was like a custom faction where that was like what they do essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. is they could fulfill <laughs> any like action phase secret on themselves if they want to, and they could also activate themselves to fight themselves if they right. can think of a reason to They're do it. They're at war with themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would never want that to be a real faction, like in a future expansion sure. or something, uh, but I think it would be fun if someone actually designed, designed that. Designed some like, theoretical faction. Yeah, yeah, just like a fun homebrew faction, and their whole thing is that they can hurt themselves, and that's basically it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love this moment. Uh, I love this way of contextualizing it. Like, anytime someone feels like they're not going to matter in an agenda phase. And then it turns out that they really do a whole lot like that yeah. kind of thing. Like you, you only saved like a vote and that's right. it. 
But then, right. like, everybody throws their writers down, and now technically you... Have you ever, like... Do you remember early on in Twilight Imperium where people would play writers and not understand that they didn't get to vote then? Yeah. So there were some agendas where people would misplay really bad with the writers, yeah. and it would just be like, all right, well, now Tony gets to decide right. what happens. <laughs> like, because Tony's he's just... like, the, got pizza hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> right? like, huh? What? <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, sorry, Tony. Everybody played their dagged cards, so... Do you want to touch the shard or not? Yeah, it's, it's your shard you got to give it to somebody and uh, we're all gonna make a lot of money or not so <laughs> go ahead tony who do you like <laughs> this is a ti3 game with all the expansions and using the shattered empire strategy cards the white cards i was soul and hit nine victory points using bureaucracy in the previous round and had a large lead. I played political stability to keep bureaucracy. Draw two objectives, pick one to reveal, and one of the stage twos is called Imperium Rex. And when Imperium Rex is revealed, the game ends immediately. So the point here is to take bureaucracy and 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 draw Imperium Rex. I knew I could score the stage one or reveal Imperium Rex for the win. Unfortunately, that meant I was last in initiative. I was signal jammed during the strategy phase, and I was ruthlessly attacked by all five players, all but one of which sent four mechanized units plus infantry. After the second attack, I had no home system, so I couldn't score, but the attacks kept coming. By the end of the round, I controlled zero ships, zero home system planets, and all I had was hope's end with an irresponsible amount of infantry. The build, while blocked... The build while blockaded action card is in the discard, as well as the card that lets you play from the discard. So I have no way of getting ships with capacity into play. Next round, I moved everything from fleet supply to strategy and choose leadership, and uh, I use orbital drop until everyone has passed. The second round, where I only have one planet, I choose assembly to get the speaker token. I continue using orbital drop for as long as possible, and then cause a meaningless vote. The third round, where I have one non-Jord planet and nothing else, but I'm still leading the game, technically, I choose Bureaucracy. There are only three objective cards remaining, and I still fail to reveal Imperium Rex, which, which means it must be the last card. Jolnar then gets to their 10th point in the status phase, so I check the last objective card, and then I realize that we forgot to include Imperium Rex when we started the game. Uh, what a fun little goof up What a <laughs> I feel little... Like, I feel like everybody does that exactly once, and then never, ever, ever again. I feel like mm -hmm. this was a very, like, staunch thing that happened in TI3, which is, like, one game happens where the Imperium Lex Rex card got messed up, and it completely ruined one person's chances right, of winning. Right. So that one person is, like, when we shuffle the things, it's like, did you put Imperium Rex in there? Is it in there? I want to. I want you to prove to me that it's in there, and then, like... It's solved forever, but you make you make that mistake one time and then never again. Yeah, um, this is so. This was from Brian. I forgot to say, um, mm. but it's interesting because uh, this is a good. This is a very funny story because obviously he's gunning for this strategy that is impossible yeah. because they right. set the game. Up, they set it up incorrectly. <laughs> they didn't do the setup right. Um, which I mean, yeah, it, it's it's something common. And I mean, what we've messed things. We prop we. We didn't do the Imperial Rider thing correctly yeah, for like probably for the while. first six months of us playing the game, yeah. <laughs> which was so dumb. 
Yeah. Um, but it, it's a, you know, it's a game, you make dumb mistakes. But anyways, this is actually a very good illustration of why I did not like Imperium Rex. Oh, really? I, I no. have the opposite reaction. Oh, Continue, though. See, I didn't yeah. like it because uh, I, I don't like this idea that Brian has. Like his strategy of like, if I can just draw Imperium Rex, right. the game will be over yeah. and I will win. And I think well, uh, that's a lame yes. strategy. In the yeah, in, and and again in the fiction of it, it totally breaks down. What do you even what is Imperium Rex? What is this thing that right. someone is like, no, today is the day we decide who sits on the throne. Not tomorrow, it's over. Right. right. Like it doesn't really make any sense, but I don't know. I just loved that there was a lot of variance uh, mm-hmm. in TI3 and, and because what what has resulted is this new thing of like you know exactly when the game's going to end because people get the points at the right time. You know, it's like every game ends round six and there's no chance that anything else could happen. If right. that first stage two you could reveal was Imperium Rex, the whole game would be different because people would be trying to get as many points as possible early on because that, right. that's what it did in TI3 is everyone got every point they could at every moment and now swing rounds are so much more important because the only thing that matters is getting that 10th point versus having the game end while you're at seven and above everybody else or whatever. Like, right. That was, that was way more possible in TI three. So yeah, it's, it has certainly changed the scope of the game. And I think, I don't even think that's something we realized early on, like how impactful it would be, but like TI four end game is very different than TI three end game. I don't feel yeah. like we ever had the types of situations of these weird, we keep calling it uh, hot potato, right? We're just like, it's anybody's game and it keeps passing around. It was it. I don't feel like that happened nearly as often. But I also feel like in TI three there were more games where it would just kind of end, and you it would kind of be a little dissatisfying. Like, like I think you're right that the hot potato thing. Yeah, like the hot potato thing. I feel like wasn't as common, or I don't know. I might just be like kind of misremembering. But Uh I also feel like there were more TI three games that just would kind of like, oh, here we go, and then it would be like, oh, it's over, huh? Okay, well, I guess it's over. I guess I guess I guess Brian won with Soul and all he had was Hope's End. I guess that's fine. Whatever. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I I just don't like that intention of like, all right, well, I, all I'm going to try and do is keep the game moving as as fast as I can forward yes. so that it just ends quickly. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I just I don't know. I think I I I think there's a little bit of value in it still too just because it opens up the variance of what people are going for too, right? Right. Because the other thing you had on on top of that was you had the objective that was you win the game if you control two opponents' home systems. Right. So some people could bank on that happening. I mean, you almost never saw it happen. Most people just ignored that public objective. But there's a world where someone could say, I'm just going to make that happen for myself. Yeah. I'm going to start in the early game and hope that that one comes out when the stage twos come out, because if I can qualify for it, I just, I'll just win. And I'm just going to only gun for that. I'm not against that card. Yeah. I, and, and also I'm not against, I'm actually not against Imperium Rex. Uh, if it doesn't have to be included, if, if, if it does play the way that Brian unintentionally, Oh, played. you're saying sometimes it's not even in there at all. And yeah. Like I, I think, I think what Brian experienced should have been the norm with that card, mm, which is like, so that that way you couldn't play specifically for it, just trying right. to like get bureaucracy played as soon as possible, just to like th- throw things right. out there and steal the the victory. Um, yeah. So that wouldn't be doable because it would just be like, well, you're, it, or it would be, but it would just like it would have a different context. It wouldn't be about right. rushing. It would just be like, well, my only chance is to hope that that's in there. Right. Um, but it might Instead not of like it's definitely in there somewhere, and I better get to it. It's like it may just not even be there, and I have to yeah. cut my losses. Yeah. 
and I and I like I like that a lot more. And I think I would be down yeah. for Imperium Rex to make a return in the future yeah. if that I would was love the context. Imperium Rex to come back, and I would love the Age of Empire rules to make a comeback. Oh yeah, I that miss, would be awesome. I miss the occasional Age of Empire game. Not yeah. all the time. It's not an all the time thing, but it's a great way to shake up and. It's the best way to play a fast game of TI. Holy yeah, cow. it's so, so wild. Anyways, this is not about TI3. <laughs> We've got another story. Barony, Necro, Jolnar, Creus, and Nalu sit down to embark on an epic journey for galactic control. Round three ends with Barony on Mechatol Rex at five points, with me as Creus in second place with two points. It's not looking good. I quietly suggest to Necro that maybe he should take my promissory note and make good use of it near Mechatol Wormhole to go unseat Barony and claim it for himself. He seems interested in the idea, and an agreement is struck. He has yet to build his flagship, he's stolen no technologies, and his home system is looking like a juicy, undefended target. Seeing this, Barony is able to extort a commodity out of Necro in exchange for not activating his home system, a gentle reminder to shore up defenses that goes unnoticed. Round four, Necro loses track of his goal to claim Mechatol and begins eyeing undefended Barony space. Letnev sees this and generously warns Necro that he should, should he begin aggressions, Barony could easily take his home system. Again, I plead with Necro to do something about Barony. He has delicious-looking texts. He's got a nice spot on Mechatol and a commanding lead. Surely this was enough to entice some aggression across the board, right? Wrong. Necro begins to openly discuss turning the board against Barony to prevent him from winning yet again. Wisely, Barony takes the opportunity to strike at his biggest military threat and activates Necro's home system. This is, we found, is when we find out the Replicator homeworld is, in fact, powered exclusively by Salt. The Necro player immediately launches into a tirade against Barony, claiming injustice and spiteful actions as he has a commanding lead, Mechatol, and is in, is in possession of the Imperial card as Necro was speaker and Barony chose second, quietly grabbing up a free victory point. And then the worst happens. If you attack my home system, I'm just gonna go home. Awkward silence falls over the table. This isn't the first time this player has made statements like this, but they've blown over easily before and have never seemed to be made in earnest. This time, however, felt different. Several of us try to reason with the Necro player, justifying the Barony's strategy, but agreeing that it was a jerk move to take the home system. We agreed that we wanted to see Barony stopped, but none of us were in a position to do anything about it. Our arguments fell on deaf ears. For about 10 minutes... Necro continued to argue at the table and rebut Barony's bribery price, four trade goods and antivirus, a steep price to pay, to be sure. Eventually, we grew tired of the threat. Do what you're going to do. I tell him, knowing that if this player leaves, it will likely be the last time any of us invite him back. The arguments and complaints continue for another five minutes. Eventually, we get an answer out of him about what he's going to do. I'm going to roll, and then I'm going to go home. Seeing the opportunity to get him to stay, we agree and roll combat. The Lonely Cruiser doesn't stand a chance against the Barony fleet as it arrives and is summarily dispatched. The two ground forces do not survive bombardment. Necro shakes his head and leaves. So now our five-player game becomes a horrible variant of four-player. We follow player elimination rules to clear the board. Barony keeps his home system, and we leave the speaker token in the same spot, moving it on the next play of the uh, politics card. But 
Now we're leaving four strategy cards behind at each strategy phase and three underpowered militaries attempt to square off against the naval might of the Letnev. We make the best of it, though, upgrading the player by replacing him with a Bluetooth speaker, propping tokens up on it and making jokes. Ultimately, Barony wins to no one's surprise, but not for lack of effort. Jolnar and I made a last-ditch effort to displace him during the final round and at least slow down his win while Nalu staged himself for action in the next round, unable to make it to Mechatol in time. Ironically, had Necro stayed, Barony would have likely been stopped or at the least massively slowed down. That was from Dan from Minnesota. Dan from Minnesota. That's our most on brand. From that, that fulfilled the prompt. We got, yes, we got a check yes. mark right there on the prompt of salt stories. Yeah, Ooh, mama. That is that is I think the the prototype of <laughs> right. every salt story is. Well, I think right. that's the thing about saltiness is I think I think where saltiness crosses the line is when it is going way outside of the bounds of the game. It's like the flip the table type thing, essentially. I mean, this player didn't flip the table, but he sort of did because he made them play four-player, the worst variant of four-player, which we have played (laughs) before, actually. We we didn't talk about this in the proper elimination. Right. We didn't talk about this before, but we have played, whenever we did the four-player episode, we should have said, we actually have played four-player, but we (laughs) didn't get two strategy cards. Which I actually don't know right. which one I hate more <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. The, like, what do you feel like is the... Have you ever been this mad that you were going to leave? That you thought no, about leaving? No, I, I've never... Here's here's the most mad I've ever been. And it's it was at Connor for the confusing legal text play. You can you can watch the maddest I've ever been in, right. in Twilight Imperium. And it is in the first holiday spectacular. Um, but the reason I was mad extends beyond the confines of the game because i thought at in the moment he was misplaying the card misunderstanding the card so i thought he was doing something intentionally and what i thought he was intentionally doing was throwing the game because he was sick of playing his his game had gone to kind of crap and he was i i thought he was king making and i thought he was king making on the first stream we had ever done yeah, on that's this true. New project we were starting out that I cared very deeply about and wanted our first video out there to be as good, if not better, than the shut up and sit down old video. I want I really wanted to <laughs> knock it out of the park. And so with him ending the game on this like horrible note, I was like, you ruined SCPT is over. You've completely dismantled my empire. You've ruined everything right. for me. No one will ever take us seriously because our first game ended in the dumbest way possible. That's like all the things that were going through my head and why I was like screaming at him basically yeah that makes that makes sense did you just call it your empire did you just say the words i'm I'm, he almost dismantled my empire yes obviously hyperbolic yes this empire of the (laughs) one show we do well especially in december of 2017 (laughs) when it was like 200 listeners right yeah like what an (laughs) empire that was then matt 200 nerds just like it's i like this uh this is fine yeah yeah exactly yeah no uh just just to call that out in general uh if you go on our youtube and go if just in case some of you haven't seen it i assume probably a lot of people haven't seen it because it's way back there now yeah um but if you go to the first uh game that we ever did the first holiday spectacular Mm -hmm. there is uh towards the end uh, Matt does a head desk and it is a uh, one for the ages, one for <laughs> the ages. Cause it's on a hard table too. Yeah. It's a hard yeah, it's head on a desk. Thick hardwood table. 
Well, it's weird. You're not really known for the head superpower. desks anymore. Anymore, I feel like. Well, again, and I've said this before, but um, it's been explained to me that my wife wants me to remember our children when we have them, um, right? And when we're old, when I'm older, and if I continue to head desk, that probably that part of my life probably gets removed. So yeah, we're getting older. You know, I think you lose. I think you lose the part of the brain that remembers children the more you head desk. That's right. like in science somewhere. Yeah. Well, I, I actually specifically would like to play a game in the future where the goal is to make to you make head desk. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I want. Well, Sean better be there. That's yeah. the only way that happens he is, anymore. He is the key. <laughs> I have a group of friends with whom I am quite close, but we live in several different states. Once each year, we gather together for a week of board gaming and other nerd things. There are five of us, but only three of three of the five actually like Twilight Imperium. However, each year we play it once during this event. The three of us make concessions to get the game to table, typically in the form of agreeing to play other games we ourselves might not love. One of the two players who does not like Twilight Imperium also doesn't like competitive games in general. He has more fun with co-op games and doesn't enjoy competing against his friends. When he does play a strategy game like TI, he tends to form an alliance with a player and will stick to it, even unto his own demise. If someone breaks a deal with him, he will calmly but firmly inform them that no further deals will be made, and he will actively hinder that player whenever he can. We shall call him Simon." During this particular game of TI3, the player's ally was rapidly approaching victory. The other three of us were working out ways to stop him from scoring. I had a small fleet within striking distance of an important planet or something. But between the target and my fleet was Simon's PDS network, protecting himself and his chosen ally. Simon, says I, I must move ships through your space to attack your ally, for if I do not, he shall claim the throne." It does seem as though he is poised for victory, replies Simon. Just so, I exclaim. But I knew my fleet was vulnerable to Simon's PDS fire, and I knew I would need his blessing to make the attack work. Simon, my friend, you must see that if you fire upon my forces, you too shall share in our defeat, ally or not. I accept this as a true statement, Simon says, but you must not agree to use this fleet against me in the future. Very well. I activated, I activate the disgust system and attack with my fleet. I order the soldiers operating my PDS to open fire, says Simon. I stand above the table and my gaze shifts to Simon, his, my visage turning first to shock, then to despair, then to rage. Simon rolls his dice. He rolls, he rolls well. My fleet is annihilated. You see... Earlier in the game, I had taken a planet from Simon after telling him I would not. I needed it for a new objective, and he was unwilling to renegotiate a deal. So I altered the deal myself. But this was a betrayal, and Simon does not suffer traitors. My rage boiled over. I share some expletives with no effort made to hide my anger. You betrayed my trust, Simon says calmly. How can I trust you? not to turn this fleet against me when it suits you. I bluster for a moment, flabbergasted, unable to form words. But this was the only way you could possibly have a chance at winning, 
I finally managed to exclaim. I do not care about winning, Simon says. All that matters to me is the sanctity of my alliance and the fact that you have already broken your word to me. I left the table and the room infuriated. Never before in my life, and thankfully never since, have I been so genuinely angry with a friend. After some time taken to cool down, I refused to continue the game, though it likely wouldn't have lasted much longer anyways. I would not, I decided, play a game with someone who will not act in their own interest. Since then, our group no longer plays TI when we gather. We rarely play strategy games at all, which is probably for the best. We have, however, had several hours. <laughs> we have, however, had several hours-long discussions about the meta and the ethics of board gaming as a result. In the end, only one thing really matters. Everyone should be having fun. That was from Root. That was from Root. Alec that Keeler. was from Alec Keeler. Root. Uh, and just proof that he's a dirty rage quitter. He's a, mm -hmm. he's a. We've had two rage quitting stories today. One of them and about how mean and dirty of a person is, and the other from from the lips of the man himself. Right. So here's the thing. Uh, I feel like this guy Simon, um, mm -hmm. who Root has wisely, obviously given a fake name. This is their secret agent name. Simon. We should hope so. Yeah, unless the isn't name that is a, Simon. That'd be a horrible trick of like, oh, we'll call him Simon because his well, we don't have calls we don't him have Simon his... and his father calls him Simon and everyone he knows calls him Simon. So this is Simon, right? But we don't have his last name or his address. Well, I mean, I do have that right here and his social security <laughs> number, but I'm not going to display all of that. But I right. will display some of it for a small fee. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make uh, is that I want to try and uh, be fair uh, because obviously Root uh, was. He, he made himself vulnerable to us and to the community sharing <laughs> about this time that he got really, really mad. And I just want to say that Simon makes me furious. <laughs> uh, playing with people that are going to hurt and ruin in my game uh -huh. when, when, it, when it feels like they are not playing to win. And literally, Simon said the magic words, I do not care about winning. Yes. Oh, right. That's the that's sort of the ticket to there. sit for six hours with someone you thought was a friend, Ugh, yeah. only to find out that they are a dirty, nasty, non. They don't. They're not doing it right. Well, and this is and, uh, so upsetting. Boy, boy, is it a tough situation when it's like this person didn't want to play in the first place. Like, can we re can we really blame him? Yes. Yes. Well, yes we can. Yep, we yes, can. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Gonna and am, am doing that right now. I am doing that. Putting the I I had a, I was wearing a glove and I took it oh, off took and threw it on the ground off. and then I spit on the ground too. That's for you, Simon. Come at me. <laughs> uh, but like, I feel like we we you know we've seen versions of this uh playing with barrett was kind of like this although he wasn't yeah. he, he wasn't so weird he just tuned out completely and it was like playing with nothing it was like playing with a, a pocket of air right yeah we have a friend named barrett who i feel like we've talked about maybe once or twice on the show before and his reaction to 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 uh twilight imperium is interesting in that he seems excited about playing wants uh -huh. to play and then gets there, the game starts, and then he becomes like a cat, basically. Yeah, immediately disinterested. Immediately not into the game. It's like he wants all the goodies of 
galactic conquest. He wants to hang out with his he, friends. Yeah. But I also think he's, he finds something about the game he's cool. He's interested in the politicking and sort of that, but then just doesn't do that. He's I think interested that, in the idea of doing that. I think I was once like this, where uh-huh. I was like interested in playing like big, heavy board games, but actually did not want to take any time to learn them. Yes. And I actually feel like, Matt, you have been very formative to me and my journey in playing <laughs> games like this. Well, because I uh, don't know if I would have played as many if not for hanging uh-huh. out with a walking rule rule book robot person. Right. Well, right. I don't know how I got that way either. It's very odd that I, I know. Used to also, <laughs> wow. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you are half spreadsheet, so <laughs> your your parents are Dave and Lisa, and uh huh, a spreadsheet. And I- and, and and a third party, which is spreadsheet. Yeah, it so I'm one a, third spreadsheet. It was a kinky night. <laughs> We're in really the, just not sure if it was my dad or the spreadsheet. We have right, to just right, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they didn't have the heart to do a test. There's a 50% chance that I'm either 50% Dave or 50% spreadsheet. spreadsheet That's really how right, it works out. Right, and really, the right. spreadsheet shows up more often than yeah, the Dave. Yeah, and you know, yeah, we kind of all, we all kind of have it figured out. But, you know, we're not going to do a test. We're not going to make it real. But <laughs> no need to get Jerry Seinfeld. Not Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, my God. Jerry Springer involved. Right. Whatever. Yeah, no uh, need to, but no need to get Jerry Seinfeld involved either, either. is a good point. <laughs> that is a solid point, Matt. You are very good at podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, I want to get away from this terrible uh, through line and talk more about the fact that why is this so different from Jensen's story? Jensen actively gave up a win in favor mm-hmm. of of honor or whatever, and this is... This is in the same, you know, quadrant, I would say. This is in the same milieu. Uh, no, it isn't. Because <laughs> Simon is affecting somebody else's game mm-hmm. for an illogical reason that will cause... The thing is, when Jensen made, made his choice, that was a choice he made that prevented him from winning. Right. It sounds like the situation we were in with Simon is that Simon made a choice that decided that <laughs> everyone loses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Simon decided himself lose, uh, yeah. Root lose, everybody else that isn't that one, his, his, his ally his loses. Yeah. Um, right. And that is uh, infuriating. Every single time I played with a player that I felt like was playing this way, um, I was hugely upset. A lot of times it it's a bummer because uh, I used to have a problem i feel like with playing with newer people yeah where i would feel yeah. like they were being overwhelmed by the rules and so they were just playing arbitrary and right. i feel like people kind of uh i feel like there's a natural instinct to uh try to mess me up i don't know it's like people people uh i feel like i play with that are kind of new to the game though i feel like they get overwhelmed and then they're like oh it wouldn't it be funny if i kind of like poked at hunter basically would that be funny and 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 actually a lot of times they find that it doesn't end up being funny because they're like oh wow he's not very he's not very funny when he's mad he's not one one of those yeah (laughs) yeah and wow he is getting mad and then it's like how old is this kid and then and then i'm like i'm 29 and then i throw the ship across the room at least um when when people at least for you it's just strangers that like it's sort of like a misinterpretation of things for me, it's my friends, my close friends actually do only get enjoyment out of making me angry and yes. will do things 
to infuriate me so that I get mad. And they are seeking that. They right, think it's right. funny to watch me act like a child and head desk many, many, many times. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think they do the same thing to me. It's just that I uh, I find it funny like when when they do it when when Sean arbitrarily decides that I owe him for trade goods. That's great. That is very funny. Yeah. Um, Man, and, I need another game like that. I really we really need another game that's just like we no things stop mattering. I need, I, I need I, a goofy game. I think we need. Well, here's what I think we need. Not not to completely sidetrack this, but I. I think we need a game where we actually play just regular TI with mm-hmm. uh with Sean and Connor and whatever whoever else that that yeah. just kind of has a reputation for being weird yeah. um and and not let it be too goofy but just like have it just be stacked as far as who is involved um, right all well, of, I, all I, do, of the I mean that's certainly people. what the holiday spectacular tries to do um, right, but that's that too again. goofy, and it hurt. It hurt my brain. No, 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 no. The second game did, not but the first game was normal. The first game was a normal game, right? But it didn't get them. It, it didn't get that goofy. It didn't get weird. That's the yeah. thing is, is, is we reserved all of our next year. I'll say this on record: I don't think we're doing two games back to back next year. No, next year I think not. we'll do. This is so off track, but uh, next year I think we'll do one fourteen point game. That's yeah, what I want. That sounds fun because that, that gives everyone. Fun. First off, everyone's got to get all their little things out in one game rather than like, well, I can save the goofy stuff for the goofy game. Nope, if you want to be goofy, gotta do it now, and you got a lot of time to do it because we're playing right. fourteen. I right, think that's gonna be wonderful. Okay, sorry, I'm I'm so sorry, Root, that we uh, just just completely so, lamp took this apart. <laughs> yeah, uh, but let me say this before we move on from this. Um, I really like, uh, like, I hate what he's uh, saying, but it's such a good story moment when he says, uh, "All that matters is the sanctity of my alliance and the fact that you have already yeah. <laughs> broken your word to me." So many people uh, have said things like that. Like, it's just you, that's like. What the saltiest thing about playing Twilight Imperium is when somebody just says something to somebody else that is not uh-huh. motivated by the mechanics of the game at all, right. and right. is just like, yeah, um, yeah. You I, ate one extra slice of pepperoni than you were supposed to. Right. I'm going yeah. to destroy your horse, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. Um, yeah, this is a good story. This was a this was a good one. Good job, Root. Before I start this next story, I have to lead it off with, you need to know who wrote it at the top. This is a story by Unaligned Magi. Magi, Magi. So, with that with that out of the way, it's very important that you know that this is by Unaligned Magi at the top. <clears throat> I tried this in a game once to see what would happen, and I won't ever do it again. I think it was a good experiment, though. I'm Barony. To my left is Winu. To my right is Soul, to his right Arborek. The game was especially brutal as five of the phase one objectives and two phase two objectives uh, that we saw, nearly every single one of them required planet control. Winu tries to gravity rift to Mechatol twice and fails both times. I decide to start trolling him and send a dreadnought to take his home system, which he left open. He is furious and declares total war and it takes about 15 minutes to talk him into taking the gun off the table he slowly starts rebuilding 
Sol, to my right, needs one of my hazardous planets for an objective, and there's an open space between us. I tell him it's okay to attack me there, and I will retreat in exchange for a trade agreement. Not only do I not trade at all when he arrives with nowhere to retreat to, but I then swoop in and take two of his planets. He asks me to leave his planets, and I agree. He pays me to move my ships, and I move them into a system. Uh, oh, no, it was the system that the hazardous planet was in. So he's now outraged, and uh, we all know that he still wants that planet. One last time, he asks to move the system, move to the system, and take the planet. He says this is the last time he will trust me and is hoping I will be nice considering how much I've wronged him. I tell him, yes, 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 okay, I'll retreat. And when he sends his sole flagship, two dreads, and lots of fighters and infantry, I use my non-Euclidean shielding and geranium to crush his entire fleet, losing only one fighter. He's literally speechless and never trusts me again in this game or any other. Uh, finally, Arborek leaves their home planet with no infantry on it. Just for giggles, I fly a flank speed gravity-driven dread with an infantry through a wormhole and take it. Uh, so at this point, Winu has recovered and scored a decent amount of points. Arborek and Sol are so incredibly mad with me that they both agree to give Winu support for the thrones and convince Extra, who's just been watching the whole time, to also just go ahead and give him the game. And um, I, I don't blame them at all. All right. A dirty, a dirty Magi story. Yeah, he How never did you? this ever again. Yeah. He never, <laughs> yeah. not, never again would Magi ever break a deal because of a timing window. Yeah, no, no. never. Right. Uh, yeah, so if you watch, uh, it's in Magi's semifinal game, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yep. he pulls almost the exact, the exact same, same type <laughs> of, of thing, uh, which is that, I mean, techni technically, according to the rules, a binding deal is a deal that that occurs, the deal occurs within the same timing window as what right. you're doing. So so I believe in the semifinal game, what essentially happens is somebody's like trying to to pay Magi for them not to, for Magi not to fire his PDS. Yeah. Um, and technically, the way that would have to work um, for it to be binding is you would have to activate the system, commit your ships to movement, yep. having no real idea whether uh, the PDS are going to fire or not, Right, and then you pay for it, and then it is a binding deal, and they can't fire. Right. Um, however, what happened was he, the the other player negotiated it the way that basically everybody does, which is right. just to like before, maybe even before you even activate it, you settle on a deal for PDS not to be fired, um, and then Magi agreed to the deal, took the money. It's probably like yep. a trade good or two, yeah, um, and then. Fired his PDS anyways, yep. because... Just immediately, too. Like, yeah. with no hesitation. <laughs> uh, like, in the tournament games, I say, like, is that the end of your movement? Sort of like a who wants to be a millionaire thing, like, final answer. Is yeah, that your right, movement? And they right. go, yes. And as soon as the person said yes, Magic was like, okay, I'm going to fire my PDS. <laughs> like, knew the whole time he was right. definitely doing right. that, was just right. waiting for the proper timing window to say oh, it. Because he's so a dirty funny. scoundrel. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I love it. Uh, I think it's probably one of my favorite moments of the entire tournament thus far. Sure. Uh, definitely, I would say it's in the top three, um, yeah. actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, I think in a way, Magi doing this should kind of push the meta a little bit. Right. Right. Um, and I am, you know, I, I'm always tooting his horn and I'm covered in all my Magi memorabilia and gear, <laughs> as you should always imagine me, basically. 
um, with my big foam finger, Magi number uh-huh. one, uh, sure. unaligned forever, you know, not a, not aligned on these <laughs> never, streets. Never in alignment. Never yeah. shall we align. Never uh, shall I, we align. I, I but no, no, no. Game... I want to say, I want to say, okay. I want to say before, before we move on that people should take note of this type of tactic. Right. Um, I, I'm sure other people have used it. I'm not just trying to say that Magi made something up that does not exist outside of him. Right. Other people have decided to do this, but it's his story we have here, and I want to broadcast this. People need to understand the correct timing window for a binding deal, because otherwise this is totally legal. There's nothing wrong about this. Well, there's, um, there are things and, wrong. There's just nothing, like you said, illegal. It's, it's, not, a, yeah, it's not illegal. It's very wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I say it wasn't wrong? It's wrong. I mean, like in an ethical sense, it is. Right. It's wrong to look at a fellow human being and say and lie to them to their face, yeah. right in front of them. Exactly. It's one thing. It's nicer but, to lie and, and not elsewhere. To, I mean, but, yeah, for, for yourself as a player of Ti, you need to just be prepared to protect yourself against this. No. Yeah. Nobody should behave this way, but they can and they do. So right. make your deals at the right timing window. I would certainly do this. I'll set up deals and then completely immediately betray them if you know is correct but that's just why you don't make non-binding deals i just can't i just do not i don't love any non-binding deal ever i think that's what i've really learned about myself as a player is especially the more i watch the tournament games where people make these really weird convoluted non-binding deals where it's going to take like multiple rounds like it's round one and we're making a deal that will not resolve until round three or four no that's insane i i have no I have no interest in ever making that kind of deal. When someone starts to bring that stuff to the table with me, I think I very immediately am just like, nope, no deal. I'm done. And if you're going to bring that stuff to me, I'm cutting off the negotiations. If yeah. you wanted something from me and you're going to bring that stuff, you need to learn that we don't do that. Like, I'm not going to waste time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I choose to be that kind of a negotiator of just like, what are we swapping? And if we're not swapping something, let's move on because uh, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to like, let you get an, an edge up on me because that's what right. it always comes down to anytime the negotiation goes on too long it's because everyone's trying to push the other one in a certain direction yeah and 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 in the big highly complicated non-binding deals there's there is a loser in all of those deals mm-hmm. always there's always someone always. who really is actually getting the short end of the stick and it's almost um, always the person who needs to receive something later if yes. i'm receiving something yes. now and you're going to receive something later I just won that deal because I'm actually getting something and there's not very much guarantee you're going to get anything ever. Right, right. Yeah, and it's not even about trust. It's just like people, people, uh, you know, their game changes and then they see it as right. like, a, I don't know, like at, at any point in Twilight Imperium, there might be something that happens that could potentially cost you the game. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, I think there's a significant portion of the gaming population uh that would break a deal right to not lose basically right let's be really clear we, yeah. we we've broken this down into a bigger thing this is not what magi was doing magi was not making non-binding deals that happened way later though right These no, were no no not at non-binding all non-binding deals purely on a technical level this is right. non-binding by a matter of like 10 seconds yeah this <laughs> which is, is yeah, a this very is like, different sort of behavior <laughs> right the the other player just I guess did not understand at what point a right. deal is binding or not, and and I mean it's it's pretty simple. But it, if you don't know the windows very well, you might not understand when you're in the correct window. Sure, that's a and, and I wouldn't even think of it as like 
not knowing the windows, but more importantly, just people who aren't accustomed to groups that play this cutthroat. If your group is very casual and has a good time all the time, and then you mm -hmm. get on TTS and you play a game with Magi and he starts pulling this stuff, your first impression <laughs> is like, what do we, this is a different game. And, and I don't even know if I like it. Like this is, this is so much more brutal and mean because we are taking advantage of technicalities. We're taking mm -hmm. advantage of things like timing windows. I think there's a, there's a point this is an interesting topic. I think there's a point in learning TI where the the thematic stuff stops and you you do not get to develop that anymore and mm -hmm. it becomes purely technical. It becomes you're it's still meta. It's still meta gaming. You are using right, meta gaming right. against people, but it is meta gaming on a purely technical level. That's why we have all these things like weird abuses of action cards and like yeah, when you yeah. can play an action card without actually doing the thing, you know, the unstable planets and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, I'm gonna do it and not actually kill any ground forces. I'm gonna play this card on myself. That stuff is beyond theme and into weird rulesy meta gaming and and i think some people never cross that line with their gaming groups so when they play with a group that does cross that line it's incredibly jarring and just right. like you weren't even you did it's not that you didn't know it couldn't happen you just never thought it would happen you didn't right, think people right. played that way and it's kind of like taking candy from a baby in that situation too right um yeah i really like what you were just saying about there's the thematic and then and then everything else i kind of imagine board games in general as kind of being like chuck e cheese animatronic <laughs> robots where like on the surface it's like it looks like a mouse that eats pizza and he likes to skateboard right but underneath <laughs> underneath it's all nuts and bolts it's all nuts and bolts man it's and all game gears and mechanical <laughs> stuff it is not actually they are not actually space turtles you know uh -huh. what i mean we are projecting that onto plastic and, and cardboard yeah. yeah let that blow your mind for a second right guys it's not real you're freaking me out i don't <laughs> like this <laughs> i think one thing that's interesting about this type of behavior is that uh i think one of the things that I really like about the tournament is that I feel like it is an opportunity to do things like this. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people uh, that don't play Twilight Imperium all the time on TTS, um, you know, the people that they're playing with are the people that they're going to play with every time they want to play. Yeah, exactly. So if they do, you know, if they yeah, do this, this is bad news. This is bad news for your which, friendship. Which if that being said, like Matt. Like, we have played Game of Thrones before, and you have done huh. things that was, what? like, just like, wow, what? we are still going to um, be here. I stand by my Game of Thrones play uh, to this day. Okay. Well, um, because when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Um, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was Greyjoy. Come on. <laughs> it was so on theme. That was so thematic. It was. Nobody hey, knows should, what we're he, talking about. Just I should. Yeah. Anyway, I should clarify a little bit. This is so now. So this is this this Westeros life. Presented yeah, there by we go. No. There we go. Uh, no, I'm not going to do a whole story. But yeah, we and we probably said this before, but we were playing a Game of Thrones and uh, someone, uh, a dear friend of ours, Chris, um, he uh, negotiated with me about having a certain territory or whatever. And it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And we worked out basically this weird gamey thing where we're like, we were going to be able to kind of swap it in certain terms and, and do things later or whatever. And I agreed to do that. And then my immediate next turn didn't do that. Right. Um, I attacked him anyways. When basically I said, I wouldn't attack him somewhere. 
and then I definitely attacked him somewhere. Right. And right. then not only did I attack him somewhere, but I was able to turn that attack into a counterattack. Uh, in Game of Thrones, you route units. Units don't just die. They move to a new territory, but then have no attack value. Um, and I then killed the routed units. Like, killing units in Game of Thrones is a little bit of a bigger deal. And I killed basically almost all of Chris's army in the game so that it would help me win the game. Um, and Chris genuinely did not want to talk to me for about a week and a half. Yep, yep. Um, was, and Hunter was not happy with it. It was a... It was a moment. It was a similar moment to this. I mean, it's a very similar, almost the exact same idea as what Magi's yes, story yes. here is getting at, which is just like, I lied to you. And you now have to deal with the fact that I lied to you and yeah. knew I was lying when I made a deal with you. Yeah, it's, that's a different kind of thing than I'm altering the deal. I didn't alter the deal. I made no, up the deal. I played pretend it, deal that we were fake. making a deal. Yeah. Yeah, and you knew the whole time. Like you, yep. you knew that I absolutely that you, knew what yeah. I was going to do. Right, right. Um, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting thinking about that too, because I'm, you know, I'm obviously I'm a huge, huge fan of Magi. Huge fan, Magi. If I could uh, get you know an autograph <laughs> or something, or if I could just get some of your time. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, I think it's funny because I feel like Magi actually style wise has a lot more in common with you as a player than mm-hmm. he does me particularly. You know, that offends me. Uh, and I disagree. <laughs> uh, style. No, he probably does. But Ma- uh, Magi is also very mathematical. And um, that's why it's interesting that he did all this. Because normally, I would describe Magi as someone who's a, pretty much a straight shooter. I mean, mm-hmm. he's even more to a T. With, with me, I want to make a deal in the moment. Magi also wants to make a deal in the moment. But also, Magi usually knows exactly what he wants things to be worth. And that that's like the deal. He doesn't really want to oh, okay. negotiate higher or lower prices for him, two resources equals three influence equals whatever amount of trade goods equals right, whatever amount right. of command counters. And he will do the equation and go, okay, this is what you owe me for what I'm going to do. And it will be even and fair and let's move on. And that's right. that's his deal-making process. And for me, it's like, no, I want to know what something is worth in the moment. All right, Matt, know. you, you, you got to slow down because we you are giving away a future episode of the show, sure. essentially. Yeah. Um, and I think it might be fun to even, this has just kind of come up organically, uh, but we do plan on doing an episode analyzing all six finalists. Um, yeah. And oh, maybe even maybe even talking to them uh, if yeah. we can get them. I don't know. I, I don't know about that, but um, we will try. at least looking back at all their games in the tournament and analyzing, like mm-hmm. talking about their style and going yeah. into the game. Um, and I'm really excited about that episode. And this yeah. was a really good story. And I liked I liked all the stories today. Um, yes. I always feel like we get such they're kind of starting to get into like certain lanes now, too. Yeah. That's what I really like about it. Yeah, there's the story. There's stories about people doing uh, like pulling off maneuvers that are ridiculous. There are stories. Right. They're the really good stories about um, somebody else just behaved in a way that was insane. <laughs> I really like the story style stuff where people basically write prose right. in regards. to. I love period. that we are getting more and more away from like. Asaro played a bunch of action cards and did a thing. Yeah. Or Sar had so many ships. Whoa. Those were things that were good and good stories to get out early on. But I love that we're finding all these new territories of like weird bendy ways to get new stories out of TI. Because I think that's where where TI and where this Imperium life gets really fun is when it's like this isn't this isn't normal. This is weird stuff and very noteworthy. Yeah, that's that's very true. And I think uh that's just kind of the stage we're at too with the game 
is yeah. like, or this is we're you know we're pretty deep into TI four at this time, you know. Yeah. Right now, it freaks me out. It freaks me out how much more we know about the game than we used to. Yeah, you know, kind of a bummer, right? That we did all those strategy guides. Did all those strategy guides, you know? and I want to redo mm, all of them. I, I definitely. There's not a single one that I would be like. That I would like. I don't want to change anything. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. There's not a single. Barony one. is the closest, and even Barony is like. Eh, I could, yeah. I could no. Change some things. There's probably stuff that could be cut from the Barony one. That's what I was right. thinking about the other day. Is there's probably stuff we said in there that like just it isn't like might be even be true, but up. probably should yeah. just go away. Like doesn't even need right. to be talked about. Anyways. Um, Anyways. I want more stories, so I just want to put the... I, I feel like yeah. at the end of every uh, This Imperium Life, we should always put the call out. Uh, anytime mm-hmm. you Sorry. have a really what's, good what's story. What's our next theme? This was supposed to be kind of a salty theme, and we got oh, a little yeah. bit of that in there. What's the next theme? Well, the you're next? asking me, but I'm pretty sure you I'm have an right. idea. I don't remember what it is. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> we you, just gave away that we pre, we already recorded this bit, and it messed up, and we're re-recording it, and I don't remember the things we talked about. Oh, yeah. Time. If you noticed like a really weird energy shift about <laughs> halfway through this episode, uh, that's because we it's a different it day, y'all. Um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, my my thing messed I, up. I, here's what I th- oh I remember here it is. Uh, I want to see uh, this Imperium life from highly competitive games, tournament games, games where the stakes were Ooh, raised and like behavior that. that came out of the stakes being raised. Um, and I think we'll, we would follow that up with a purely casual uh, this Imperium life. So really, you could submit both, and we're just going to pull them into two different parts. But I want a this Imperium life that is more of these magi kind of things, more of these just like what are the weird technicalities that happen mm-hmm. because of the tournament game? Your tournament game in our tournament, your tournament game in the Austin tournament or Seattle or New York or wherever you play. If you or play Gen like Con, highly Gen Con, any highly competitive game. I want to hear those stories. And then also, I want to hear the complete flip side of that of like, this is the group I played with for six years, and they're the only people I ever play with, and this is how weird things get with us, and it's really specific to our group. Those are, those are like the two variances I really would love to start getting. Yeah, totally, totally. Love it. And of course, you email those to spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. Yeah. You've got mail. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, <laughs> I would love it. If you rated our podcast um, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts, if you give us yeah, a Yeah, anywhere. Like, just like on the side of a building or yeah, in... Just spray paint. Just graffiti uh, Space Cats, Peace Turtles rules into the side of your local post office. Yeah, those, uh, of, those of you great. that do that, uh, yeah, write it on the bathroom it, at your local bar pub. Go into you the bar. What? Tattoo it to your mom. I think yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> I think she'd love it. And I want to see it, and I want you to take a picture of it and send it to me. Yeah, you, your mom. yeah. Space Cats, Space everybody, Ooh. every podcast knows they've made it when they get a tattoo. Right. And I want to skip fan tattoos and go yes. straight to your mom that doesn't listen to the show but is very <laughs> supportive of you. <laughs> and you're agreed. Interest. And you told her, Ma, I want you to get this tattoo. And then I she agreed. Ta- I want you to put it right next to the tattoo of married with children. All my yes. interests right yes. down your leg. Yes. Married with children, space cats, peace turtles. And I was going to like? some musical artist, and I almost said Jimmy Buffett, and I didn't want to go down that road because it's a little too McElroy. Hey, at space cats pod is our Twitter. And you can go there for game updates and announcements on our Facebook, Space Cats, Peace Turtles. Uh, you can get more updates about the podcast as well as ask me questions at 2 a.m., um sometimes i answer them at 2 a.m depends on the day 
he a lot on, of times does. A lot he, of times, I for he some really, reason do. He really, he really, really prides having like a high, like he, he, like getting a message back to you. I quickly. hate going below a one hundred percent response rate. Anytime it's like yeah. ninety eight percent, it's like, ah, who did I not respond to? Right, impossible. Right. Um, also, find our posts on Reddit slash r slash Twilight Imperium, the Twilight Imperium subreddit for posts and uh, other discussions. There's been a lot of fun posts recently on on the subreddit and i'm enjoying that that community keeps growing and growing and growing also you can uh join our patreon uh this uh last week's episode was a space kitty episode uh we're going to be playing some good yin brother games uh brotherhood games coming up because the tournament is going to be winding down we're going to yes. get some of those games in we need to do a galactic council episode all of these perks are things you can do if you contribute to our patreon and help contribute to the show and make the show what you want it to be uh, you can also join our Discord to uh, use some of those abilities for, from your Patreon or just get in on any old conversation. You don't have to be a member of the Patreon to join the Discord. Uh, Hunter Donaldson, who are you? Uh, so I'm a I'm a comedian based out of Portland, Oregon. Um, I don't have any specific shows to talk about right now, really, except for... Uh, oh, wait, I was going to say... Well, so normally you can see me every Thursday at Earthquake Hurricane, uh, which is at 8 p.m. at Ford Food and Drink. However, there's a private party this week, so we're we're actually not doing the show this week. So I'm actually kind of just having a little comedy break, I guess. I don't know what I'm going to do uh, at night. Maybe I'll sleep. That might be good. You should just go ahead and record a set in your living room and post it uh, into the Discord. Maybe I'll yeah, maybe I'll just get on Twitch and do stand up <laughs> comedy. I'll be like, I'm I'm going to do an there's hour of stand up comedy. A really comedy. good market for stand up comedy on Twitch. Yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna get on the mic and I'm gonna do all of my jokes to nobody and just see. And I, I I'll do them over and over too. In, in between, in between every joke, you have to lean forward and look at your monitor and figure out uh, who's been laughing at the joke. So everyone has to type ha 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 every time they like right, the joke. Right. Right. And yeah, I'll I'll need to wait for everyone to check in on the joke and whoever's there. And there's gonna be like three people, and they're gonna be like, "It was all right, it was, <laughs> it was cool." Okay. And I'm like, "Did I'm like, did a you laugh long, at it? It was a little long, long, and the voice got weird." Oh, uh, let me tell you, that is not a problem that I have with <laughs> stand-up long. comedy. Is the jokes being too long? Uh, they're always far too short. And it always <laughs> this is the this is the critique I always get from people when I'm doing stand-up and it's not going very well. They'll be like, oh, that thing you did. Um, I liked that. That was okay. I just feel like there's like more in it. Like, what are you? <laughs> Why are I'm, you telling us the rest of the joke? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be like, well, that's all I have, though. And they'll be like, no, there's there, clearly there's, there's gotta be more. clearly that's unfinished. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Let's, I also want to yeah. thank our uh, Space Kitties, our patrons. Uh, boy, is it a big month for Space Kitties. I want to thank Kraken. In Mac We Trust, TG Welch, Yin for Life, Patience is a Virtue, Naderade, Jerston, Jerston, sorry, and Jim Bob. That is eight Space Kitties in one month. That's amazing. Thank you all so very much. And I think several of them, so I think Kraken, TG Welch, Yin for Life, Patience is a Virtue, Naderade, Jerston, and Jim Bob. Uh, let us know. Well, let us know what you'd like to do for an episode. Yeah, we I, do we've done episodes. we've done Imac We Trust. We've done Jotapake. We did. We just did James Box. Yep. Um, that's it. And yeah, that's it. And so well, we know what Yin for Life's episode is. And yeah. I think that's so Yin for Life on the docket. Yeah, Yin for Life has <laughs> one that he wants to do, do and so. uh, I think it's probably gonna be the first major thing we tackle after the tournament, huh? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> 
I love that I have a Skype window up with your face. I can visually see how excited you really are. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> stoked. Uh, uh no, it'll so, be fun. It'll be fun to to record with the in for life. It's always fun to do a space kitty episode. It will be. It's just yeah. the process of getting to actually recording the episode will be a whole other ball game. Yeah. yeah. Um hey, one last thing right here at the end. Oh right. Uh we got an email recently and uh it was from a wonderful little student in Europe and we just want to give a shout out to Christoph Schreiber. Uh Christoph Schreiber has got things going on and just like, you know what, someone deserved a really good shout out. And yeah. we wanted to do that uh, and just kind of say, you know, we've been through hard times too. And I find that doing this show is very helpful. And so hopefully listening to the show is somewhat helpful. But more importantly, get a game in. Um, so open invitation to Christoph Schreiber. If you hop on our Discord or email us or whatever, let's play a game of TI yeah. sometime. I think that would be uh, a cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, because that's what helped me numerous times in like things being dark and gloomy and not as fun. It's like, hey, you know what's a really good remedy for that? Distracting yourself for like eight hours. Yeah, that's a really, it's a long to... distraction, and <laughs> yeah. it's hard to think about anything yeah. while you're playing Twilight Imperium. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I think there have been games of Ti where if you asked me my name, I wouldn't. I'd be like, I don't. What year is it? You know, right. I don't. I'm. <laughs> I'm in. The you know I'm, I'm out in, in the I'm galaxy in the space zone right I'm in, I'm in the, the space sp- place hey I'm in the space place right now <laughs> Can't, don't bother me um, yeah and uh, and I just want to use this opportunity to uh, just thank the, the I think this is a really great community of people that listen to this yeah, show um, I think you guys are all super great and life gets hard sometimes uh, and that's why you got you just gotta play some some ti and take a moment and realize that. Really, there's a lot of things that are important in life, and one of the main ones is prioritizing victory points over like it being space <laughs> rest. That's like there's like important stuff, the id life yeah. and stuff, but like as long I think this is my I'm gonna get really philosophical now, but I think as long as you remember that it's about the victory points, you'll win. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>